It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. Today, I'm excited to have my friend and contributor, Norm Blumenthal, on the show. And we're going to be talking about something. He had sent me this information, and I just thought, man, this is kind of a cool, uh, kind of a cool thing. Um, and, and so, it, anyway, um, for lack of, for lack of, of uh, I guess, lack of uh, better terms, today's show is going to be focused on raising wages, not taxes. And you guys may recall, like I said, a regular contributor here. He's also an attorney who represents workers and consumers, selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Also, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. And one of my favorite things about Norm, he basically just shoots straight. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Good. Uh, Nice to be back, Bert. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And, yeah, I've been doing some uh, research on uh, why – why we have all these Trumpers out there? Why is there all this dissatisfaction in the workforce? And um, you know, obviously, the world turns on money, and um, you know, if money can fix it, it's not a problem. And the apparent dissatisfaction is is from both sides, both the uh, Trumpers and uh, and the uh, progressives, is this what we have here is a lack of increase in wages over the last 40 years. You know, we've been managed to uh, uh, increase our taxes, and there's, you know, proposals to increase taxes, but when it comes to wages, this system has utterly failed us. And what I I'm gonna want the listener to take away from this is, is the fact that, that there's something that they can do. And um, what they can do, it, it's going to be going to the polls and voting for uh, someone that's going to promise to uh, increase their wages because this is a uh, clear political problem. The sad fact is, and and the study's been done, is over the last 40 years, um, the wages have really not increased um, and as a result of inflation have in fact decreased and everybody Everybody that uh, works by the hour, if they if their wages would have increased consistent with productivity, they would all have, be making uh, ten on average ten dollars more per hour uh, right now. And so, it, if you're talking about a fifteen dollar uh, minimum wage, it really should be twenty five. And uh, that's where we are, and that shows you how far we're behind, and why there's a lot of upset people on both ends of the spectrum. And there, there is evidence that the ones that have suffered the most are the uh, women and uh, people of color. Um, they have suffered the most because they are at, uh, notoriously at the entry-level jobs uh, on the lower end. And we can't do anything about it. There's, you know, everybody gives excuses but none of the excuses work, Bert. 
um, this is something that um, can only be fixed politically. And um, I don't know, we're not going to see it from the Republican Party because, by and large, the uh, rhinos in the Republican Party, they are management. And we've talked about this before. And the Democrats that we've elected, they have no stomach for it as we've seen from their inability to increase the minimum wage. So it's it's a whole new ball game, and we're going to have to elect people uh, that are a lot more progressive than we want. But to get them elected, they can't be talking about raising taxes. Taxes is, is basically the, the third rail in this country. No one wants to see anybody's taxes raised, whether they're making $40,000 a year or $400,000 a year. The idea of raising anybody's taxes just isn't going to work. It's not going to get anybody elected because if you start talking about raising wage uh, taxes for the upper 1%, what you effectively end up doing is they contribute substantial resources and, and funds to the uh, Republican candidates um, who can then get elected, who won't be raising anybody's taxes and clearly won't be raising anybody's wages. So uh, I want to talk about this. Yeah, because this is, uh, to me, it, it, it's just, it's mind blowing. Uh, you're talking, this is um, a study that basically documented uh, findings from 1979 to 2017. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, the entry-level employees suffered a lot, uh, and and, and minorities suffered. But what's, what's amazing to me from this study is the amount of money and effort that these corporations have put forth to suppress the wages. Right. Over the last four years, there's, there's six factors that uh, the study goes through to explain why um, th- there's been this growth of wage inequality and the erosion of labor share. Um, and, and this results from wage suppression, and it, it didn't happen by accident. Um, and it, it, they explain um, where the idea first is there's always um, a group of unemployed. The, the, the way the system's set up, we have an uh, un- unemployment is kept um, high, or higher than it needs to be to keep inflation in check. So that's one thing is is there's always a, um, this um, force that that's out there. Right now we have a little bit of a blip because of, of COVID sending everybody back to work, but it, it's there's there's no expectation that it's going to last very long. The second factor is um, globalization and uh, corporate-driven globalization has also um, decreased the, the wages for the workers because you're, they're, they're competing with a global workforce, and there's no protection uh, to protect them uh, in, in their position. 
third is is um, there's no um, bargaining power. The court system, the judicial decisions have all eroded any type of ability of uh, workers to organize. It, um, the last decision just came down uh, this, this this month uh, or last month um, where the uh, far-right Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, said that organizers, um, there's, there was a rule that they could go on to uh, the premises of uh, farmers to try to organize the laborers uh, two hours um, uh, periodically um, to talk to them about how if they organize, they can increase their wages, but if they don't, they won't be able to, and calling for a vote. Well, the Supreme Court even took that away. So there's there's no ability up and down the uh, labor spectrum like there is in, in uh, Europe and especially in Germany where the um, workforce has the power to organize and get a piece of the pie. That's why you see in all these corporations the um, executives – are making uh, astronomical uh, um, salaries and bonuses and stock options, and the workforce, uh, their wages have remained stagnant. So that's a real problem that we have. And we have labor standards are, no, are, are terrible. You know, we have a declining minimum wage. There's, you know, the, what I work for is the overtime protection and... Um, uh, protection against wage theft, um, discrimination uh, based on gender, race, and ethnicity. It's, it's all happening, and, you know, w my job is basically putting my finger into the into the dike and trying to stop the, the flooding. You know, we're good in California because we have the uh, Private Attorney General Act, but in most places, the, employee, the employees cannot organized to bring a class action or any type of group action because the, su the Supreme Court has taken away the ability of um, individuals to organize to uh, uh, present their grievances in court because of the arbitration provisions that are in all the employment contracts. Um, and they've made this uh, nationwide, the court, and so they've suppressed um, the ability of, of workers to organize in court to present their uh, grievances. Um, right. And so I want to talk about this real quick because a lot of people, you know, don't understand what this means and, and how it has affected us. This is something that's been going on for years, uh, decades, where you go to work for somebody and they have you sign a bunch of onboarding documents. One of them is uh, this, this uh, document that if you have a grievance or – uh, if you're going to file some kind of claim against your employer, you have to go through arbitration, and it limits your ability to do a class action or it actually stops you, and you correct me if I'm wrong, it stops you from being able to bring a class action. It That's puts right. a lot of power uh, into the corporation's hands and minimizes our ability to fight. Uh, and this is just one of the many strategies that they've been able to use to uh, – you know, let's say uh, control costs, uh, suppress uh, workers' rights, for lack of better terms, uh, or suppress workers' abilities to, to, to fight. And, and this is just something that, uh, that we 
as individuals really need to step up our game. I mean, one of the reasons that Europe is so far ahead of us is because their workers, their laborers, whatever you want to call them, have gotten very active and have voted to correct these things. And I think that this is an area where we have dropped the ball, meaning we, the, the, the voters, need to, need to get involved to fix this stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, the, you're 100% right. And what ends up happening is, unfortunately, why it's not happening is, is because on the progressive side, they mix this with other points. Okay, you know, we're going to now, not only are we going to raise the minimum wage and allow people to go back to court, but we also want to tax, you know, um, uh, other individuals, and so it just it ends up dead in the water. We never get to the point, in, except in California. In California, we have the Private Attorney General Act, which allows um, the individual to um, organize based on the uh, being appointed as a private attorney general, and then he can bring his grievances uh, for the group. But that only allow, uh, changes the practice in, of of it of the company. It doesn't really put any uh, uh, real money into the pockets of the individuals because it's not an individual claim. So the arbitration agreement is still in effect. You know, it's it's the old divide and conquer, right. and that's what management's been able to do over the last 40 years very successfully in this country is to divide and conquer labor. And so, and in so doing, they've convinced uh, everyone that uh, labor organization, all labor organization is bad. And uh, unfortunately, we had some corrupt labor organizations, we, you know, the Teamsters and the Jimmy Hoffa and all that, that nonsense that went on there and, and the squandering of, of, um, of pension plan money. And so there was a, a bad taste in everybody's mouth about big labor, as there should have been. And and the problem was there wasn't enough government control over labor generally, so that there really wouldn't be a need for for unions. It, it, you need better laws. You need higher minimum wages. You need the ability to to bring class actions. You need the ability to bring private attorney general actions. You need the ability to to bring your grievances. That you know what they, these companies do. They have these uh, anti poaching agreements. So. Even at the higher levels, at the engineering levels, you know, in California, at the uh, at the level of of um, you know really whiz kid levels, they have an anti poaching agreement. So if if uh, one whiz kid wants to leave a, um, a corporate structure of of a tech company and go to another, no one else will hire him because of these anti-poaching, oh, you work for X company, and, you know, I'm sorry, we can't hire you. And so they have these in effect that, that are hidden. You know, once in a while they pop up, but they're, that exists. So there's there's all this cheating going on on the um, um, employer side of the, of the spectrum, and there's no um, ability to go to court as a group to... Uh, express these grievances and bring them to the court's attention. And so the individual, obviously, attorneys can't, taking things on a contingency, can't afford to take a, uh, one at a time because they, they can't afford to charge the client enough to, to make it worth the while for the attorney. So 
you know, and the companies know that. And so they, this is a very big weak spot in the system, and it can only be corrected by a change in law, is to eliminate the uh, Federal Arbitration Act or change it so that it doesn't apply to the employment uh, situation, um, which is, you know, an easy fix to say, but a very hard fix to get done. So that's where we, we have the problems, you, and that's why we need you know also stronger laws, increased minimum wage, protection from uh, from wage theft, discrimination. You know, people work off the clock. That's a, another thing. You come in, and they don't want you uh, punching in until you're up and running with your computer and you're in, in place and you spent the first 15 minutes you know, getting organized, which is off the clock, and then the last 15 minutes shutting down off the clock, and it happens across the board. So these are the things that, that they, and so what you complain, fine, you bring your, your arbitration action, and then what they end up doing you is they fire you for, uh, for even think, you know, bringing something, and then you have a retaliation claim. Again, it's, 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 and it keeps continuing in, in this vicious circle, and there's no end in sight without a change in our politics. And unfortunately, the, there's so many disgruntled people out there that we end up with these, these Trumpers who are irrational and are feeding right into uh, where management wants them to go. Oh, become a Republican, because great, you're going to be a Republican, and what, do you, what did Trump do for, for labor? Tell me one Nothing. thing he did for labor. Nothing. He made it worse. And every oh, I'm going to you know make it better for you. I'm going to you're going to have more money and better wages and better labor conditions. None of that happened. COVID came in. He protected nobody. You know OSHA exists. The uh, uh, protection of workers in the workforce. He shut them down. You know, they couldn't go into any of these uh, uh, poultry plants to give them some space and distancing before the um, uh, vaccines were in there. And a lot of people got very, very sick and died as a result. And so what are they going to do? They're going to bring their one one action, and it's it's work-related. So, you know, what are they going to collect? It's just been one on, it's, it We're in a bad situation in this country uh, in terms of people's ex, uh, expectation of of making a living wage uh, in in this in, uh, labor environment. Well, and, and I want to uh, mention something. Uh, this is a uh, a personal story uh, that happened to a friend of mine, single mom, raising three kids, and she had uh, breast cancer. Uh, and it had returned, and she had worked for this company for just, a, I think, a year or two. And so not to uh, be a bother, for lack of better terms, uh, she schedules her surgery and her recovery during her two-week vacation. And so she comes back from this two-week period, and they fire her. And, you know, luckily, because it was such a horrible uh, termination, and, and, it was, and it was obviously, and, and they, uh, they, they basically 
fired her because she had breast cancer and it was going to jack up their rates or it had, you know, anyway, bottom line is I bring this up because it's still, you know, this kind of abuse goes on, right? It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not something that's, what do you call it in our history? This is ongoing now. Uh, big corporations, unfortunately, uh, make a lot of decisions based solely on the numbers. And, and you know what? You and I are, are business owners. We get that. We look, there, there's a there is a a need to be to to reduce risk and increase profits. But at, at the same time, there should be a little bit of a conscience there. Here's a single mom who has worked for this company for a couple of years, has always had excellent reviews, and she has an issue, and they fire her over that. This is why we need to get out there and vote. And as you always like to point out, vote with your pockets. You, you know, this is not an isolated incident. Uh, you know, you fight this all the time there in California. It, it is. It is. It has not gotten much better over the years. And this study shows it's it's getting worse. And ultimately, I you know what's going to happen. It, what could happen? I shouldn't say. Hopefully, it won't happen. But it you know with when everybody is there's a, a, a downturn in the economy and everybody's dissatisfied. People turn to. Um, uh, a, you know, a, a dictator is, you know, going to promise them success. Well, if you look at Venezuela, that's the last thing you want in this country or North Korea um, or any place else is a dictator because all they're going to do is, is sweeten the profits for the, the people, they, the oligarchs that they want to protect. And, and this has been going on for 40 years. Since 1979, there hasn't been any real increase or gain and it's across both administrations democrats and republicans because no one has has stepped up on the democrat side and said this has got to end we have to ensure that the the bottom line our minimum wage is $25 an hour we and and employers have to to, to be able to, to to stand that right now in California. If you want a dishwasher, you have to pay twenty dollars an hour, because there's uh, right now there's a shortage at the bottom end of labor because no one can get into the, the country. Even if, in San Diego, where I am, you can't get across from from Tijuana, where people used to come and go and have work permits. They've they've isolated that, and there's no change. So. It, it's happening um, to some extent, but it's not going to last. So we need some protection at the bottom end, and we need and we need it has to trickle up, so to speak, and ac- across the board where everybody's going to be able to make a living wage because it doesn't exist. And what's going to happen is if they don't change the, the the legal structure and the corporate structure and the and the wage structure. There, there, there's going to be repercussions in the political arena, unfortunately. And that's what scares me is we'll end up losing our, our democracy and we'll end up losing our republic because we'll have people in power that won't leave. And for one sure. reason or another, and we're seeing these, it, you know, across the country now with these voter suppression, 
we're going back into a, I would say, another Jim Crow era where the minority people are not going to their votes are not are going to be disproportionately lost, and the persons uh, thinking that they're going to get protection from the Republicans, they're they're fooling themselves. Republicans are management, and you know they should be, and this should be a good adversary system. There should be a strong management um, uh, force in the Republican Party, but by the same token, there needs to be a strong labor force in the Democratic Party, and it's not. The Democrats always cave, including Obama and including Biden. When there comes a chance to protect labor, they cave. Look what Biden did, the minimum wage. That was supposed to be the first thing on his agenda. Where is it? Nowhere. He caved. And uh, he's going to cave on the Voting Rights Act, and there's going to be voter suppression. Uh, Jim Crow, it's all going to be all across the South again. And uh, we're going to have to live with it again because we, and the, the bottom line is we could end up uh, with the president uh, who doesn't leave office or is, is not elected in a, uh, a fair and, uh, uh, election, and would they have the courts to protect them? So th- that's that's what I'm afraid of because there's just a lot of people that that can't get to the American dream because they just can't make enough money to make ends meet and uh, get to the next level, even with two uh, parents working. So. Yeah. And- and I also want to mention this. Uh, listening to you reminded me of something because, you know, there is, for lack of better ter- uh, terms, there is this, there are some people out there, you know, there, there's this been this universal, uh, there's been a talk about having a universal income. Uh, and and basically there's a, a movement to get, for la- you know, what I consider free money, right? Hey, whether you work or not, we're going to give you a minimum universal income. And here's something that I want people to think about, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you look at what's happened to the American Indian, the Native Americans who receive millions of dollars or maybe even more, uh, regardless of their level of productivity, their tribes get millions of dollars and that trickles down to their tribal members you know their motivation to work is for the most part dead Um, you have high drug use high um, alcoholic use Uh, you have uh, this total uh, lack of motivation my point being is that it's good for the human spirit to work. It's good for us to be productive. It's good for us to earn our way. That's number one. But number two, it's also good for companies to treat their employees, I guess, correctly. Or, again, I mentioned using a conscious, you know, just just having a, some decent working conditions. There's, you know – if you really want to scale your company, you have to have happy employees and you have to give them the ability to take care of their families. And you have that. And, and, you know, who can be happy if they have to work two or three jobs to make ends meet? 
And, and, and it's crazy. I mean, you mentioned, again, uh, the example, the, the European example, McDonald employees in Europe get on average $22 for the same work that our employee, our McDonald employees get here for seven or eight or 10 bucks an hour. And that is because they've gotten out there and they have uh, beat their representatives to get what they deserve. Yeah, you, you know, you, what you're talking about is communism, and we, the Russians have, have shown, and Venezuela has shown, and Cuba has shown. Communism doesn't work. You know, unfortunately, if, if people can get a check for not working, they're not going to work. This is what's happening today in our country because they're still getting uh, checks uh, for not working. I, you know, I sympathize when there's no jobs and we're in the middle of a of a uh, virus epidemic. But, you know, we're coming out of that. The idea of a guaranteed minimum pay, to me, makes no sense unless it's going to be related to some work. And I think that, you you know, you've got to go to school or it can be related to going to school to better yourself. But there's got to be some relationship to that. Um, sure, you need safety nets, you need uh, food sources, you need housing. But, we, you know, we have a lot of problems that need to be fixed, and you can hire people to fix it. I mean, there, you can put people in manpower, but the idea is is to not rely on government but to rely on uh, capitalism to work. But capitalism can will fail if the... 90% of the, the money goes to the top 1%. That's not going to work. Right. And that's what, what we're facing now is the, everything is, is flowing to the top and the way our system's set up, and people are making proportionally less and less as there is, is some inflation now. And the, the productivity goes up, but wages don't. And that's really the, the the failure of our system. Productivity goes up and wages don't. And there there has to be some formula where uh, in, in corporate America a there is a requirement that um, wages somehow reflect uh, the uh, uh, are reflected in the profitability of the company albeit some form of profit sharing to some extent with the, the employees, even if it's in a retirement account, but some way to give the employees a piece of the pie. And that's, that's not what's happening today. And that's, that's what we need. We don't need to, you know, further taxes so that we can give the money to government to redistribute. And that, that's a failed system. What we right. need to do is have the, the, the employee who has created the wealth for the shareholders in the corporation to share in the profitability of the of the company in some form of required um, fund that, that either the money has to go into or a, um, a special uh, payment to the employees for work there. But these things are, are are progressive ideas that need to be ferreted out and worked on. When, as, as soon as it becomes, okay, now we're going to tax you, and then we're going to redistribute the money to the guy that doesn't work, it's, it's, not, it's just, in, in my, my understanding of history, that's never worked. Right. And, and it's not going to work because it goes against, I, I believe it goes against nature. Uh, yeah, there's goes nothing in nature, 
Yeah, there's nothing in nature where you get something for nothing. I mean, look, uh, birds have to sing and fly, and they got out there. Uh, they're out there pecking for their food. Uh, you know, there, there's. You just got to get out there and work for it. And you know, again, not all of us are going to be driven like, let's say, some of these uh, super achievers, and that's okay. But bottom line is, there is something satisfying. There is something spiritual. There is something good about getting out there and working for it. There's nothing wrong with that. And along the way, you get lucky. Maybe you get some bonus or you get some profit sharing. That's great. You look at some. You look at uh, Google. To me, is a great example. They're, first of all, their employees have are allowed to utilize 20% of their time on anything that they think might be a successful or profitable idea. And if Google decides to take on that project, then the employee gets to participate in the success of that project. And let me tell you, Google have had like 250 businesses, 250 plus businesses that they've started and shut down. But that's why they're also one of the big innovators. They're constantly trying new things. Yeah, and, and they then what, what, is our, what does Biden want to do? He wants to go after big tech. I don't understand why he's doing it. These are the most successful groups in the country. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they create market power. But, yeah, what you want to do is have them You say you want to be big. You want, you're making all this money. You've got to share it with your employees. That's what has to start happening now. There has to be some type of legislation where, based on profitability, that it doesn't go to the government. There's not an increase in tax. It goes into retirement accounts or profit-sharing funds, something for the employees, or increased wages. You know, just right, you know, right off the bat, uh, they can they can comply with it. So the idea of the employee. Not only is he making money for the corporation, but he's incentivized because he's going to make more himself. That's where, where we, ha- we have to change this, the con- this concept of, of fighting between labor and management. There has to be some resolution where management and labor work together for the corporation to have greater profits, but at the same time sharing it and creating some minimum level of prosperity for the for the employee it has to be there and it you know we we never get there we just yeah. never get there in this country unfortunately we haven't got there yet and and i i'm not very optimistic we're going to get there um in this administration or the next because no one um talks about these ideas no one talks about uh, better protection for employees, you know, getting rid of the arbitration provisions, increasing the minimum wage. Uh, we, it's not even discussed. It was just, right. you know, tossed out. Okay, we couldn't pass the minimum wage. Let's move on. And so now, okay, let's go after big tech. I mean, what, what is that all about? I never yeah, understood I mean, that. It, 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 and, and to me, that's a, uh, that's a great question and a perfect example why sometimes government uh, is uh, doesn't you know is doing things bass backwards right they they just you know you're going to go after the biggest uh, employers and try to do what make it so they can hire less people so uh, they're going to move stuff out of the country therefore it hurts our economy I mean think it through uh, President Biden think it through politicians I mean it's just it, it, 
I love your idea of why don't we incentivize these companies to give additional programs like an education benefit or something where the, they are bettering their employees, they're giving them more opportunities instead of charging them more taxes, have them invest more in their employees. It's a win for everybody. It is. And, you know, companies like Amazon, look what they've created and look how many people they employ and that whole concept now of uh, of getting money back to the labor force in one way or another. And that's what we want to do is say, we want our, our American companies to be bigger and better, and we want them, as part of this, we, uh, we want them to share their wealth with the, the people that created it, with their workforce. And so that's, that's the concept that they should be working on. And to restore to these employees their rights to bring class actions to bring um, um, private attorney general uh, actions across the country and to to be able to organize in the sense that they can be protected in the court system because the court system is a beautiful place to work if you have good laws right. and we don't with the right. laws are completely set up to protect the wealthy and the, and the big companies and the employers and there's that's not an accident that's over Absolutely. the last 40 years. Over the last 40 years, that's what we've created, and that's where we're, where we're going to be unless it, unless it changes. Absolutely. Norm, thank you so much. We're out of time. As always, my friends, good to have you here and looking forward when you come back. Thanks, Bert. Always a pleasure. Take care. You bet. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. Hey, you know what? Maybe you disagree with us. Leave me a comment. Let me know how you feel. Share this episode with everyone you know. Love it, hate it, leave a comment, share it. Let's get people involved. Listen, the more we discuss this, I'm not talking about hate. I'm not talking about becoming personal and some of that stuff that you see on social media. If you can intelligently discuss this, then let's intelligently discuss this. Maybe you guys have a better solution. As a business owner, I want to keep my costs down, but I also value my employees, and I want to make sure that they have an opportunity to take care of their family. I find it, un, in, what is it, in, unconscionable that you're going to pay somebody who's got a family. Well, it, it, just even if they don't have a family, let's say they're, they're just an adult trying to make their way through this world, and you're, going to, and you're going to pay them 10 or 15 bucks an hour? Come on. You know, maybe 40 years ago, 10 or 15 bucks an hour would mean something. But today, with uh, the cost of rent, 15 bucks an hour, you're literally working 40 hours a week to pay your rent. You have no extra money for things like transportation, food, children, health care. That's crazy. Anyway, give me your thoughts. Are we wrong? Are we right? Do you have a better solution? Remember, as always, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.